We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the, um, oh, I don't have a good adjective. Just great, Rohan Kadi. Just tremendous. I'll give you two because I was late to the first one. Rohan, how's it going, sir? Uh, let's let's parlay those adjectives into uh, my girlfriend for letting me turn her apartment into a recording studio. Right Looks now. nice. So, uh, uh, so I'm doing well, Ty. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, who have found themselves on a four-game win streak. They have indeed. So, you know, and I, I'll just be upfront. I'm not going to get into too much of the chatter. I want to focus on what's actually going on. With the Milwaukee Bucks, which we'll I think... get back to the glue factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a novel concept for many, um, but there's been a lot of good hoop to watch. So Rohan and I, usually we both watch every game. We kind of swapped off over the back-to-back, but we've certainly all gotten caught up uh, and ready to discuss how the Bucks, despite not having Jay Crowder for any of these games, not having Marjan Bochamp for two and a half of these games, not having Chris Middleton for one of these games, have won four straight, which where they were at, I mean, a four-game winning streak, especially concluding with Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back when Dallas had a rest advantage, when we know the Bucks, even fully healthy, the Bucks are going to struggle to defend guys like Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, and then no boss man, no Marjan, they're really going to struggle. They just have to find ways. I think this is a very impressive winning streak. I think the way it happened kind of when, you know, and I said I wouldn't talk about it, but like the Griffin discourse was probably at its loudest going into Chicago and they go down early. And since then, it feels like there's been so much fight. I mean, moments here or there, but it feels like the team is really starting to click and rally together. And I think that even more than the results has just been awesome to see. But Rohan, what are your thoughts overall before we dig into, you know, specific players, schemes, stuff like that? 
uh, on this four-game winning streak here as we record Sunday morning. So I believe they play the Wizards tomorrow night and then again on Friday for a big in-season tournament game, big Boston game sandwiched in between. It's going to be a fun week. But Rohan, your thoughts on the uh, the win streak? I think it's I think it's important to realize, like you mentioned, with all of these injuries, no boss man, no Marjon for a lot of this. Chris misses a game. Um, Chris Livingston out. I don't know how much that really impacts things. Doesn't, but, but you know, get well soon. That must have been a nasty ankle. Yeah. Uh, it's it's important to realize that even through all of that, like you had mentioned, the Bucks are the Bucks are starting to gel. They're starting to the the big guys are starting to gel, and that's really what matters. And by big guys, I mean Dame and Giannis. I mean Brooke, too. But uh, Dame, Damian Lillard, Giannis, and Tedekubo, those two are starting to come into their own. They're starting to find their own stroke this season. And we'll get into a little bit about how it can get even better because it still looks clunky at times. But those two individually are starting to look like the players, the top ten players they are. Uh, Giannis is top two, not two right now. So. Uh, uh, really? I thought he was 10th according to the latest NBA uh, MVP discourse. That's interesting. You know what? They must be just using the basketball reference MVP tracker. They might that. be. They might be, honestly. Because it's it's ridiculous. But those two are starting to come into their own, and that's what matters. Those are the two that really are going to take this team to their to the heights that they want to reach, right? It, it, this team goes where Dame and Giannis take them. And if Dame and Giannis are playing up to their type of levels, yeah, of course this team's going to start winning games. It takes some time for this team to start to coalesce, for those two to sort of come together, because this is a new situation. Neither of them have ever been in a basketball situation like this before. Damian Lillard was amazed that he was taking photos with three other good players on media. <laughs> It's just like this is this is never happened Dude, for either you, of them. Did you hear his interview when they? Uh, I think it was named. He had a great interview after the Hornets game. He also swore. I don't know if I'll quote him exactly or not. I, I got to read the vibes of this pod. I'll have to apologize to myself as Adam keeps apologizing to me. When he, also, he's been swearing a lot. He said, "Oh, it's a working. It's effective." I'm hearing a lot of apologies. Anyway, um, and somebody asked him like. Oh, what was it like for you to see the second unit extend the lead against Charlotte while you were uh, while you were on the bench? He's like, honestly, that's really unfamiliar to me. I'm really not used to ever. See- I'm like, dude, okay, we get it. Like, he's really he's really leading into like, dude, I I was in the wasteland. Like the way I I thought he was gonna you know kind of be like, well, you know that'll happen or you know we have a deep team. No, he immediately goes into really unfamiliar with that. Like, <laughs> I was floored. Um, he's not wrong (laughs) no he's not it is it's he's not not. it's a big adjustment it's i think it's a i think it's easy for dame to be the one who's like you know maybe i I think they've both at least said you know oh we both we all have sacrificed you know you know that he's the guy he's the guy whatever i think it's easiest for dame because he's the one who came from the basketball wasteland to be on the good team versus Giannis, who's like you know maybe i don't want to say i don't think Giannis takes anything for granted but it must be easier to take this kind of a season for granted when you're Giannis. Like, I'm tempted to look it up. I mean, this is probably one of the best records Dame's had through 13 games in a season, right? It has to be. I mean, they're 9-4 they're and four now. We didn't say that up top, I don't think. Which is, like, pretty good. They're a game and a half outside of first. I think they're uh, a half game outside of second because uh, Philly's ahead of them and they have the head-to-head so far. So... For all the uh, qualms of the bad start, they are they are right back in the mix for top of the East once third, again. Third in the East. 
Yeah. As of as of recording. They are eleventh in net rating as of recording for the whole season. Not just the the little you know, they're they're point one out of tenth Orlando's right in front of them. If you do the last nine games now thing, so take out those first four games before they dropped, they are played drop coverage, not dropped off. Uh, Over the last nine games, league-wide, Milwaukee is 7th in net rating, 14th in defensive rating, and 5th in offensive rating. So I agree with you. Like I think it is still a process. I don't think Dame and Giannis are fully optimized yet. I looked the other day at the Dame, Giannis, and Chris minutes, the three-man groups, and they're plus 10.1, I think, now in net rating when they're all three on the floor. But the true shooting in those lineups is actually lower than the Bucks' true shooting for the rest of the season. So I think, A, you know, some, like campaign is on a total heater. Bossman was to like – Leading the league in a three-point percent. I think it – did it go up after Friday's game? Probably. I, I mean, I, I actually – I can pull it up by the box score here. He was three for four. So, yeah, it sure did. Um, campaign on a very long heater to start the year, which is great. But – I think that you know those groups have a long way to go offensively, but they're still they're just they're winning now. Like that's the that's the nice thing, and this is why I kind of figured you know it's so funny we talk about a rocky start where they were six and four at one point. That's the Bucks' rocky start. Like that's or five. What it five, five and four. Five and by the way, Casey Wallace is now leading the league in three point percentage. What is he shooting? Fifty four point two percent. What is Cam? Fifty two. Fifty two point nine. Get those numbers up, Cam. What are you doing? Jay Crowder, 51.6 at third. Nice. Um, sadly, he'll probably fall off soon with not having played enough, which, you know, get well soon, boss man. Um, but it is, you know, I, I I thought they would be insulated from a true rocky start, like, you know, December and the play-in talk or something. Just because, like, even though these guys haven't figured it out yet, they're still awesome. And I think where we're really seeing that is the clutch splits. I know that I think they're second in clutch net rating or top four. I don't have the number in front of me. I mean, it's such a small sample. I'm they not are, gonna... they are second in clutch net rating after last night with a net rating of 35.2. Only yeah. the Boston Celtics who are at 37.7. And this, again, is for the whole season. Yeah. And so they'd be first if Dame played the Indiana game is what I'm getting at. Because that was the only game that, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the only close game they lost, right? Yeah. And Indiana's third, by the way. I mean, yeah, India. I mean, it's like it, teams that can execute offensively is the top of that list, really. I mean, Boston obviously has like a lot of great offensive players. Indiana has the best on track for like the best offense in league history, I think, and uh, Milwaukee as well. But the only close game they've lost, they didn't have Dame, and it, you can just tell like defenses just have no answer for when it's late in games when the offense gets serious, right? Like we all we're used to seeing, oh, Christianis pick and roll late in the game. That's the serious. Now it's Damiana stuff, and when they really go out of their way to run it, it kills. It already kills. And Giannis isn't good at it. Like, his screening sucks. His rolling, not very good. It doesn't even matter. You get him in a slight advantage, and that's all he needs. I, what has he got? Is this his second 40-burger in, like, the last two weeks now? I mean, he's on a pretty crazy run of— Because he had, he had 54 against Indiana. Yeah. Um his last I, five games. Do you want to hear his last five I games? I do. I sure do. 54-12-3 on 76%. Uh, Sounds uh, like a top 12-ish player. Field goal percentage. 35 okay. points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. 16 Maybe top percent. 16 player. Dropping him. Only 35. 35 again. Oh, that's... 35-11-2 uh, on 59% field goal percentage. Honestly, get your bread up, young. Come on. 
16 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 60% field goal percentage. Maybe don't get ejected. It was an awesome. Oh, that was the ejection game? I thought that was the. Oh, no, you're right. That, that was, was the, just uh, the. He just played playmaker the whole game. Yeah. And it worked really well for the Bucks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then 40 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists on 69%. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean. I mean, you had 54 four games ago, Giannis. I mean, come on. Have you tried being Ant and just having a cool mononym? You should try that. Maybe that would get you higher in the standing. Not it sounds like a shot. I mean, Ant's good. He's no Giannis. We have this shiny toy syndrome in the NBA. It's it's a problem. Did you see Dame said he wants Giannis to get like his fourth and fifth MVPs while they play together? Yeah, he is a he has a major crush on Giannis. Yeah, he does. I mean, again, I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. His best teammate ever was probably CJ McCollum. Yeah. Or old uh, Lamarcus. Yeah, I was gonna say Lamarcus. Yeah, but that was a very brief time, and that was decade ago, decade plus ago. Was it one decade ago? I think so. Because when did he go to the Spurs? Twenty sixteen? No, so it wasn't quite a decade ago. Yeah, but yeah, so it's getting it's getting up. There. Yeah, couple presidents ago. Yeah, couple admins ago. Um, but yeah, Giannis is, uh, he's just on a tear. And here's the thing, like you had mentioned, uh, one thing, one thing that we're seeing that they're not really gelling together is that these massive games that the other, that one is having is when the other's out. So Dame misses the Pacers game, Giannis is 54. Uh, Giannis misses the Raptors game, his first and only game missed this season. Uh, Dame has like almost 40 and three quarters. Yes. It's, I think it was 37. Uh, and just, I think, 22 in the first half or something like that. And it's just like these two are showing like, yeah, we're 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 monsters on our own. Yeah. And it's just it's still taking time for them to really come together as a group. And credit to Adrian Griffin for realizing, hey, these two don't really know how to really play with each other yet. But we do need to, you know, start winning games here. Let's stagger them even more. Let's 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 make this even wider of a gulf of, of staggering. And I know that's not necessarily the best thing for learning how to do that going forward. But here's the thing. They're doing that in fourth quarter. They're yeah. doing that in first quarters. It's really the second and third quarter where they're being staggered more than they were previously. And it's it's honestly for the best, because during those two quarters, you are letting like trying to just like get through the motions, go through the motions. And then in the first quarter, you're trying to build a lead. Fourth quarter, you're trying to close the game out. That's when you have all of your players, like your best players out there at the same time. I think Adrian Griffin's rotations have been really, really smart, uh, considering Damon Giannis in these last couple games because he's playing to each of their strengths. Yeah, and I I wonder too. I mean, you still want to win these games. So it's not like you're just going to run, all right, we'll get 30 minutes of Damon Giannis together and then 18 minutes of neither of them because that's – you know, that's how you have a good point differential in Damon Giannis and potentially get killed in the rest of the minutes if you're running long extended minutes with neither of you. I mean, that's literally the kind of stuff that, you know, people wanted Doc Rivers fired forever for doing. And finally he was. Although he wasn't really doing that. It doesn't matter. Um, but it's it's funny that some of the complaints you'll see are like things that everyone has hated before, right? Like have you, I've seen this. Have you seen this of like, oh, why don't they play together a lot more? It's like, well – because then they would, neither of them would be playing more, and that's the thing, kind of thing people hate. <laughs> and and I agree with you. Also, I think it's just playing up straight up good for them, each individually, to get those continued reps of having the ball in their hand. Because they're two of the most heliocentric players yeah. in the league. 
Yeah. And just like trying to put them together. Maybe heliocentric. They're playing heliocentrically. I'll say that. I mean, they, yeah. Every, I think almost everyone who's really, really good is to a certain extent heliocentric, except for like Steph, I guess. Yeah. I think Steph's the only upset. And I, I think over the last couple of years, over the last couple of years, it's ticked more toward that for him. Yeah. Fair enough. But. Um, I also, I think I thought it was kind of poetic that everyone whines and complains about the Giannis jumpers and we, we've talked about it. It should be to an extent, but you're never going to take all of it away from Giannis. And he buries the Mavs on like a fourth quarter three and a, a pull up midi and his numbers in that outside of the restricted area shooting are up big this year. And we're seeing the touch. I, I want to ask you about this shot. I, when I watched the condensed version of the game, he had like a spinning hook. That looked like a real, like a real kind of old school post shot. You think that's the Hakeem sessions? It might be. That that looked a little new to me. I know we've seen Giannis do a lot of stuff. It was like a true, like a spinning hook. Yeah, I think I think it might be the Hakeem sessions. Uh, I haven't seen a ton else from that, but uh, no, no. I hope uh, we see more. Yeah, because like those are the type of shots. Like yeah, Giannis, you're gonna get those opportunities. Like literally at any time. Anytime you want, like no one besides Wemby's blocking that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. I love how I have to add that anecdote. Yeah, you have to, and maybe Chet too. Yeah, maybe Chet. Those two are crazy. They're they're putting up monster rookie seasons. Did you see? The they're the only two players in the league who have like X points, X rebounds, X blocks, X threes. Well, I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah, Brooke Lopez, get your bread season. up. Yeah, on your first season in the Western Conference in the uh, South. In the I forget Southwest Division. Yeah, it's it's one of those Thaddeus Young. Is it? I thought it was just like in the league no, thus far no, this season. It, oh, no, it, pro- it probably isn't. But I always considered those graphics to be that. Yeah, they always are very funny because it's like, oh, cool! I can pull random stats. <laughs> I can use people refs filter until I get what I want. Was that us putting Javon up there with Steph in terms of pull up threes and transition no, last never. year? We, okay, we okay, all right, okay. Every, it's it's everyone else. Yeah. It's not us. I for sure. That's the joke. Yeah, uh, I, I they've even doing this with Chris though. Like I, all these guys need an amount of shots, and I've seen this idea that like Dame should always have the ball, and then he should pass, and Giannis should be roll man, and Chris should be catch and shoot guy. That's just that's just not realistic. Uh, there's going to be games and moments that are like that. People have to remember Giannis is still the best player on the team. He's still the two time MVP. Is there a best configuration, Dame on the ball and Giannis in actions? Yeah, it probably is. One, you don't run one play the whole time. Two, I mean, there's just a certain level of give and take that is involved in a relationship like this. There always is. And whichever way you want to argue it, like when Katie and Steph got together, you bring the styles together. The Warriors would do like their swing the ball all over and everyone runs off screen. And then a lot of the time, they would also just be like, all right, KD, shoot your 16-footers. Like, these relationships are all about give and take. And there's going to be some – Dame is not going to be on the ball all the time. I think they've done a better job. I feel like – I don't know if it's just an adjustment or just him getting his legs under him or what it is. It does feel like he's the real point guard more often now where they kind of got rid of that like, all right, let's have Malik Beasley bring it up and do an action with Brooke and swing it to Chris and Dame is in the corner. Like a lot of the time, Dame just brings the ball up and just does something. And that alone has been very helpful. I'm glad they're doing that. Um, But there's just always going to be some give and take. I feel like 
it's maybe a little too slightly honest, but I do think it's balanced out more than it had earlier in the year. But what are your thoughts, I guess, on the relation, not just of their actions, but of how much each of them used the ball? I think it's, it's, I like the, I like the, I like the share, like the proportionality of it right now, because you, you have these moments. I don't know what it is, but I feel like Giannis, whenever he's on the court is dominating the ball more than usual. And maybe this goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the season where Giannis has essentially been playing the backup point guard role uh, when Dame's on the bench. But those two, whenever it's only those two on the court, they're dominating the ball. But when they're both on the court together, you're starting to see a little more of a give and take, like you had mentioned. Like you're starting to see Dame get the ball more. And then instead of just like having Damian Lillard be your your outlet in the corner, which was just frankly ridiculous. Uh, it's just it, it, every time that happened, it was just maddening to see and it, you just you get used to it uh, if you're Giannis, like having this type of player on the court. And it's like, yeah, I'll trust him to have the ball. So I, I do think it's it's fun to see and it's good to see that, yeah, Dame's bringing the ball up. Dame's actually being the point guard of the team. It's, 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 it's really good and it bodes well for this relationship going forward. One thing I, I noticed they do – They've done, they keep they, Giannis keeps faking the dribble handoff. So he'll kill. And I don't know if they, if he actually did it against Dallas, correct me, but against Charlotte, like three different possessions, Giannis is acting like he's going to go into the dribble handoff with Dame on like the, the, you know, the, the corner three, not the corner three, the elbow three. And he like goes over to do it. And like you can tell Dame would have some space if he hands the ball off and Giannis just fakes it and like drives around his guy toward the rim. And it's like, Giannis, that's great. Give it to him sometimes, please. You know, like <laughs> it's a it's a great action. I, I like to see it sprinkled in, but you know, give it to him. But I think some of it is just getting used to some of this stuff. Like we haven't seen a ton of Giannis DHOs that you know. I don't know if they even did it with Chris very often. It would usually just be like a Bryn Forbes kind of guy. And in that situation, it is like, yeah, do whatever the hell you want, Giannis. Who cares? But now it's okay. It's Dame. So I kind of recalibrate these things of like, oh, I should give it to him if he's even a little open. Right, and I think that's going to be an adjustment in itself. Um, I think it helps that Dame has become Dame again, uh, and as we talked about in our last pod, like that's a better adjustment than anything Adrian Griffin could do or any coach could do ever. Like it turns out, it turns out it's pretty helpful if your just, top just seventy-five add, all-time player, a, yeah, plays like five, it. Add a top five point guard in the league. Yeah, uh, top one. Top one. You're saying top one? At least top two. He's top two. I'd say he's top two right now. Yeah. The way yeah, he's been playing he's right playing. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. The way he's playing. Who's, who's, who are we to argue against him? Uh, not that he's making that argument. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's, it's yeah, adding Damian Lillard crazy. <laughs> like having Damian Lillard play well. And you know what? A lot of time he was mentioning earlier in the season, I just, I need to get my legs. I need to get my legs. He has the legs now. He's dunking in traffic. We're seeing yeah, him nice. massive burst to the rim. In that Raptors game, the way he started to get himself going. Through those double was, teams. He was just like splitting doubles. He was getting to the rim. He was, he was like a, the preeminent rim pressure, pressure in that game with Giannis out. It's like, oh, yeah, you have Giannis up, but you have someone who's also going to attack the rim and Damian Lillard. And then once he gets comfortable doing that, then he's just bombing away from the logo. I, I think I tweeted this during the game. But while Dame was hot, there was a, there was a Dame Brook or Dame, Dame Bobby pick and roll at the at the top, like at top of the key. But it was like at the logo. And again, the Raptors logo is big. But still, it was like a few. It was a good look five feet behind the three point line. And you're just like, you hear, uh, I think Dennis Schroeder telling Precious Chua, get up, get up. And it's like, bro, you're at the logo. Why are you telling him to get up? And he was right. He was yeah, like, he drains right. it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and I was like, that's a Milwaukee Bucks point guard? Yeah. <laughs> like, Once he starts what, hitting what is, those. What is real life right now? But like, that's the Dame we know and love. That's the Dame that you mentioned, top 75 all-time player. And the way he gets it going is with these rim pressures, and the way that he gets his rim pressures going is having his legs, and it looks like he has his legs back. Yeah, so to that point, uh, Dame's last three games. So Chicago was the stinker, and they won anyway, but he was three for 17. He shoots 50-40-90 against Toronto while scoring 37 points, four for 10 from deep. He shoots 50-50-100 at Charlotte, scores 27 Five for 10 from deep. Also, he had 13 assists against Toronto. He had five against Charlotte. Against Dallas, he only shot 40-36-90. But I think a lot of that, he was three for, three for seven from two. So it was a little, a little bit of a dip, but still, he got his shots up. He got to the line 10 times. Still scores 27 points. Adds another 12 assists. That's the other thing that's been crazy to see is kind of at the same time, he started to hit those more of those shots, and we got that Dame time feeling. And again, like if he was four for ten instead of four for eleven, 
it's another 40% shooting game. So four for 11, you don't really scoff at when it's the kind of shots Dame takes. But three games in a row, he's shooting, you know, a good percentage from three. And we know what kind of looks. I mean, you get some open looks on the Bucks because they're really good. But a lot of them are around screen, pull-ups. The way he shoots so fast sometimes. I'm really like, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm having to recalibrate like, oh, is that a good shot? Oh, three of them just went in. Yeah, those are good shots. Okay. Um, but also 25 assists across just two of those combined games, 30 across the three. Averaging 10 assists since the shot has fallen too. My God, like it's just his playmaking has been maybe as exciting as his shot making. And it's just like, yeah, this guy being here turns out covers up a lot of that stuff. I've been I've been checking the amount of points given up versus season average, because I think that's a new solid baseline for the Bucks to go off of. Like if you can hold a high scoring team to a high margin, but it's close to what they normally do, you can probably still win. Like, I think the Mavs scored two above their season average with Luka and Kyrie going off, and the Bucs won. Um, but, like, that's that, that we have to do a new bar defensively. They're not going to be a top five defense because they don't have to. If Dame is going to have double digit assists and 40% on 12 looks from three, and Giannis is going to rampage down low because that's the other side of Precious Achua having to get out to the logo. There's even more space for Giannis and the other Bucks to operate or whoever's out there. Obviously, they have to be a little more careful with that stuff when it is Giannis. But um, they're, they're just – they're not all the way there yet. But you can clearly now see – it was less clear early in the year. Now you can clearly see like, oh, they're just going to kill everyone at a certain point. Like it's going to so, be unstoppable. So, yeah. So, Ty, I'll, I think what you're saying is they just needed some time. Some damn time. That, so you, you shouldn't make any rash decisions after such a small amount of time. Is that what you're trying to say? It is. Let's just because you're 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 beating around the bush. That's an expression. Have you heard that one? I have. Yes. I was going to say. I would hope you have. If not, we'd have problems. But what does that one mean? It's a good question, actually. Like. Is it like a Dude, yard it's work? It's like something's thing? in the bush, really, and you're like, you're just like, going oh, you're trying to get it out. Oh, yeah, maybe that's a, that's a good call. That's kind of scary, now. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk. Well, actually, well, yeah, we did Damon. Yeah, I think it's fair. Let's talk about Adrian Griffin's performance, like what we've actually seen over this winning streak. So, I think some of the more interesting high level things. Couple of starts for Andre Jackson Jr. I was gonna say, yeah, we we've gotten this far in the podcast, and uh, the the Bucks are undefeated, never lost with uh, Andre, Andre Jackson, Jackson starting in the starting lineup. So one of those, Marjan was still on the team, and it came as more of a surprise. Although it was the Raptors game, yes, I did put out before that game. I wonder if it could be either of them, and I didn't just say Marjan because it. I don't know why. Sometimes I just have like a lizard brain and it ends up clicking with what the Bucks think too. But just like guy who's super athletic, pretty long, maybe not a great shooter, but everyone else in that lineup is, so it's fine. It would it made sense for me that maybe Andre Jackson could go in then. But then against Dallas, he starts with Giannis against the the Mavericks to you know take some shifts on Luca, doing okay. Luca still got his. Listen. And Luca with, gets with Marjan this. being injured. Yeah, with Marjan out. So it wasn't an option in that game. I think he may have been next up, but honestly, who knows? Um, pretty fascinating to see Andre Jackson get the starts. We know Adrian Griffin has said he loves his defense. Clearly, he really does, giving him two starts. I thought Andre played okay in both it of the starts. Great. 
two, I thought. Who started? Who started against the Hornets? This the normal starters and bees. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Chris oh, yeah, played. Oh yeah, there's no Chris. No Chris, Chris played. No. Yeah, yeah. So Chris was who he started for against. Um, so yeah, bees has maintained the starting job. I want to say quickly. I think people are people want that to change. I do too, but it's like Just not they're with, not with they're Boston. running out of guys. They, who are you going to put in there? I guess you could put in Andre full-time. He's gotten some looks. But also B's outside of the Mavericks game. He's played really well, too. So it's kind of unfair. Like, yeah, half the team is out. 30, 30 points against the Raptors. 8 of 10 for – or 8 of 11 from distance. Half the team is out. You're hooping crazy good. You're demoted. Just a, It's like just a weird thing to do. Um, and to be, to be clear, we, we mentioned this, but you and I are of the camp that when this team is fully healthy, it should probably be Bossman or someone yeah. in the starting lineup rather than Malik Beasley. But right now, you kind of need Malik Beasley. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to – and again, he, he fell off against Mavs. We'll see how he does against Wizards and crucially against Boston. And that, that will be obviously a huge test for everyone, uh, including Malik Beasley. I forgot, by the way, that I have the, that Chris 40-bomb bet. Oh the, yeah, the Celtics game. That'll be myself honest. Is that you and I? I don't remember this at all. Oh, it's just like if if Chris drops oh, forty you... against the Celtics, I get a Chris Middleton jersey. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me. I would have absolutely forgotten that. So one of our listeners would have remembered if he did it, but uh, I would not have. Um. But yeah, Jax, Andrew Jackson, Ajax getting the start was interesting. I thought he played okay uh, in both of the games. Like he didn't. He didn't go out and you know go hey, uh, I don't think he made the case through his play that he should be starting every game. I do think he looks like a real rotation player almost all the time he plays. Yeah, I don't think I I do think it's sometimes where it's like he's he's a little averse to putting a shot up at the rim, um, and it's like if if you're going to be like an actual like NBA role player consistently, like you need to be able to like take those types of shots. Yeah, um, like you can't solely rely on just like floaters right and just like mid-range shots though he did hit a nasty step back three. Oh, the late in the game against charlotte yeah that was like oh the, this, the form looks significantly better that shot really crystallized it but credit to him and josh oppenheimer whoever on the buck staff worked with him because they did miracles on that thing in just a couple months because summer league it was bad does that speak does that speak what does that say about Giannis? <laughs> I think that's just a whole different animal. I think that is just all. I saw other people saying that too, of just like, maybe we got to retract some of that the Oppenheimer hate. Maybe Giannis is his own case. It's like, yeah, I think, yeah. I think Giannis is his own maybe, case. Maybe Josh is doing the best he can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of glad that this is happening for Oppenheimer because I do think it was one of those where like Bucks fans just viewed like, all right, Giannis isn't shooting the greatest. This guy what sucks. Are you doing here? Well, I think we should just all go back and blame Jason Kidd again. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm for everything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's all Jason Kidd's fault. And it probably is. It probably is. In some respects. You can always trace it back to him. Yeah. Um, so glad that the Bucks beat the Mavs. So glad. I know. Andre Jackson Jr., like you'd mentioned, it like that shot looks good, but he he looks like he looks like he belongs on an NBA court out there. Which yeah. I know is probably a really, really low bar, but again, you have to recognize that this is a second round pick rookie. Like early in his rookie bar. year. In November. That is, yeah, that is the bar. Like yeah. do you look like an NBA player. Like do yeah. you look like you belong in an NBA court. The answer is yes. That's great. Yeah, that's a big win in itself. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I don't think he has really made a case of I should start every game. Um so I think Malik is gonna be a starter for a while still. 
I think if there was ever more John comes back soon and maybe he gets some run, we'll see. We'll see. It'll yeah, well, when let me I just had their schedule up. I mean, it all I, I don't think we're gonna see another change before a back to back at this point. Yeah, the only... so they play they play the Wizards on Monday, they play the Celtics on Wednesday, then they play the Wizards again. They have, on they have a good Friday. rest set of the schedule here. And then the Blazers oh, on Sunday. Matinee Blazers in Milwaukee. I wonder if we're gonna get a lot of Blazers fans. I think we're gonna get a lot of Blazers Dame jerseys. Mm. No, I think I, watching the game. Yeah, but I feel like I, I saw some Blazers fans. I, I know a few who were saying, like, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we come down to Milwaukee. That's quite the trip. That is quite the trip. Credit to anyone who does. That is to watch a, this Blazers team. That is quite the trip. I think it's mostly to watch Dame. Well, yeah, I, I get it. I get that. Wow, they don't have a back to back for a long time. No. Shout out to the NBA. December 16th, 17th. We're, over, we're almost a month from the next back to back. Yeah, yeah, just a little under a month as we record on the nineteenth. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. And l- unless they get one midseason tournament, but I can't imagine they would do that. No, God, the Wizards are two and ten. Yeah, it's. Oh. Uh, I've actually swung all the way back to feeling bad for Jordan Poole. Why? I don't feel bad for him. What? Well, he got punched in the face, and then they kicked him off the team for it. Now he plays on the Wizards, and I saw Kuzma and somebody else were like. He wants to win. Like, we're all on the same page. Like, they're kind of coming out because I, I feel like they're just tearing into Jordan Poole in particular for this team. And I don't think it's all – I know he's not playing well. I, I He's got his bag. You know, he won his ring. I, I, he'll be okay. But I, some you of the can, discourse – you can tell things aren't going well because he, he only put up like eight points when Ruby Rose was in attendance. So This is – I mean, he's just become such a – NBA fans, the most toxic thing – it's that, like there's no concept of don't kick someone while he's down. It's just like, yeah, let's – like I remember when JaVale – JaVale had to come out and be like, Shaq, shut up. I'm trying my – and he became a champion after that. So maybe – maybe uh, champion. Yeah, maybe Poole has to tell everyone to shut up and then he'll go win more rings. I don't know. Um, but other coaching stuff besides Ajax starting. Shorten the rotations quite a bit. And some of it, you know, probably just forced to. Yeah, which is not enough players. But like Ajax starts against the Mavs, only plays 12 minutes. So you got the starters. Pat plays 35, 34 and a half. We'll get to Pat. Pat beating some allegations this week. Very good week for Patrick Conan. Uh Bobby plays 21. Use the full name. That's how well he's playing. Yeah, exactly. He earned it. The extra syllable or whatever. Uh, campaign plays 17. And AJ Green plays 11. A good 11. Did I see him out there in the fourth quarter? You might have. I thought he knocked down a three in the four. Let me see if I can check that. But so Giannis plays almost 38. Dame plays almost 38. I love that's that's like a crazy extended minutes total for the Bucks is those guys playing almost 38. But it really was. And that's on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, but that it's just it's kind of just common sense. A.J. Green did play about three minutes in the fourth. Did knock down a three and have an assist in that time. Shout out to A.J. Green. Um, Ajax actually did not play in the fourth. So I think... I think probably for some of the reasons you were saying, also Pat was just out of his mind and played the whole quarter. And like the whole last 20 minutes, I think, of that game. I feel like we've just seen a coach who is pretty good at riding the hot hand, pretty good at figuring out what works mid-game and going to it, even if it's drastically different than you know the, the starters of a game, for example. Inventive with the defensive coverages. And now, since they've moved off of drop as the base... 
Like, they get beat by guards. I think they are just going to get beat by guards. I, I don't think there's a schematic way you can stop guards from being better at offense than Damian Lillard or Malik Beasley or whoever is good at defense. And even when and you to have... Be, to go be ahead. fair, the Bucks, even when they had Drew Holiday, would have been so crazy. I was thinking this last night. Like, I feel like the Bucks have lost a lot. And I, someone will check the stats. I'm probably wrong. But I have a feeling, just my remembrance of playing the Mavs, is like, oh, Luka carves up the Bucks. It's going to be a tough game. No matter, and this is my, from the Drew days of like, oh, it's tough. Drew, and I think games like this, where it's like, could the Bucks have held Luca and Kyrie to less than this? They probably could have. Does that make as much of a difference as Dame having 10 and 2 in the fourth quarter and being this immediate, amazing stabilizer? Probably not. And I'm thinking about even, the, even the, back to like the shots they were hitting as well. Like Kyrie Irving was just coming down and trailing. Oh, yeah. Run running pull ups, and it's like, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Right, well, great offense beats great defense. And also, I saw Mavs fans complaining about free throw disparity. Are we doing the Suns thing again? Like, I'm watching all the shots in like the fourth quarter Mavs pull up, Mavs pull up, Giannis at the rim within five guys. It's like, yeah, one of those teams is going to draw more free throws. The uh, whoever told you the free throw number should be equal is was wrong. The free throw number should go to the team. That draws more contact. Also, if one Giannis team, five free throws. I mean, Dame had a bunch, but Dame is also had, down in the paint. Not even a ton, but it's like if your team is subsisting on pull-up jumpers, you're not going to get to the line. Like the same Suns thing again. Like that's just a lesson people need to learn when teams play this different stylistically. And I saw, I was watching Kyrie had some nice finishes. I saw one. I'm like, oh, he did get fouled. I bet they, I bet they're mad about this one. Oh, look, they blew the whistle and he went to the free throw line. Like, I, I, I just think people don't – they're not consistent with actually evaluating free throws. The Suns thing was the worst. We'll see if that's as bad without Monty there. Now he's got more things to worry about than free throw disparity uh, in, in Detroit currently. Um, but, yeah, I thought that overall it seemed like a well-coached team. I didn't have – Many specific schematic takeaways from this win streak, to be honest. It didn't, not much stood out to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like a lot of these things, like we're going to talk about, are based on trends. And by yeah. the way, Luca last season in the two games against the Bucks averaged 30 on, uh, uh, what is this? On um, 48% from the field. Yeah. I mean, Luca kills teams. I, I, I was thinking about, like the, the reverence we have for P.J. Tucker. And I'm not – P.J. is awesome. I love P.J. I have reverence for P.J. Tucker. It was like reverence for making KD work hard to put up 40 and 50 on the Bucks. Like it was seven games worth of maximum effort so that one shot fell short at the buzzer. In games, the Bucks could only score like 90 points. Yep. I mean, it was great. Defense matters. You have to be at least good. But I think if we're being realistic – Outside of the splash plays, which that was the thing about Drew, and that's what puts him apart, is, you know, the value and stuff like that. But outside of that, great defense is just making guys hit shots. And at the highest level, guys hit shots most of the time. So as long as you're at least making guys hit the shots, I feel at least okay about the defense. And I think that's where the Bucks have been since they switched to drop. Guys beat them, but it's like pull-ups, pull-up twos, pull-up threes. It's the kind of thing where, like, yeah, Guys have always hit those shots against the Bucs and against every team. There's a lot of good offenses in the league. Like, it's going to happen. I've seen the 30-point quarter used as a measuring stick. Like, the average NBA offense this year, 15th or 16th, 
scores 28.25 points per quarter. Team score. There's going to be 30-point quarters. Like, I think there's this fascination with the Bucks defense, and I get it because it's jarring, but their personnel is worse. Offenses are really good, and the Bucks offense is going to be much better. I think it already is. So it's just we have to relearn, I think, how to evaluate what is success on both ends, especially on the defensive end. It's it's a complete shift in mindset, like complete. I don't think it's we can overstate how much this team's identity and personnel have changed. Like you, you, it's it's a complete. It's apples and oranges, realistically, comparing like previous years of the Bucks, like the Bud Bucks to this this team. It's 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 crazy. Even within the Bud Bucks, you had um, Eric Bledsoe turning into Drew Holiday, similar ish archetype of player. Similar ish, I will like because they they are different players. But yeah, Drew's a lot better, but defensively they can do the same things in the scheme. Everything to accommodate uh, adding Drew Holiday and getting rid of Eric Bledsoe. You have to change everything when uh, getting Damian Lillard compared to Drew Holiday. So yeah, it's going to take some time. Maybe you shouldn't make rash decisions after ten games. Maybe not. Crazy, and maybe pointing that out isn't the worst thing. Oh, that's – I've said my piece. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's worth talking about because so many other people I think are talking about Griffin. But my takeaway from these four games has largely just been like these seem like a lot of sound coaching decisions. It, he adapts. He adapts. Yeah. He adapts and it does what's best like based on what he has in front of him. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is anyone perfect? No. He's not Eric Spolstra. He's not Pop. At least not yet. We don't know. Who knows? Who yeah. freaking knows? Because it's been 13 games. I'd say overall, though, just to wrap the bow on this section, it's been four very bad games. Although they won two of them. But I think at least, you know, the first four overall, the idea is I don't think we're very good. And since then, I think it's been nine, like, B plus, A minus overall level games from Griffin. Like, that's... Like I, I don't want to say like AA plus plus, but I think overall he's been quite good in those nine. It's nine games. It's not a huge sample, as you said. We're so early still. As Giannis said, there's 69 games to play. He was very excited about that. Um, but there's a lot of time left. But all we can do, instead of making these crazy statements one way or the other, is talk about what we've seen, and that's what we continue to do. And what we've seen over the last two weeks or so been pretty good stuff i think i think there's too much anti-bud sentiment out there probably i I just think like just just leave it i mean he won a championship there were shortcomings there were amazing moments he turned the bucks into a a perennial winner which is the only reason they are where they are now i I don't think we need to every time griffin does anything go bud would have never maybe bud would have who knows there are certainly differences write about what would happen if those guys interacted no, I don't think we do indeed. I think we can just let him make some team very good next year and, and hopefully enjoy that from far enough. I would prefer it's in the West, but we'll see. Um, Might be the Pistons at this point. <laughs> Actually, not with the contract. Uh, well, prisons are very profitable, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. I just saw a clip of when the Cavs played the Pistons, I believe, last night. They just let Evan Mobley walk down the court and dunk. Yeah. No one stopped it. Well, good thing Jaden Ivey wasn't on the floor because that guy would ruin everything. I'm seeing Pistons fans who are out on Cade because of his efficiency on that group. And I, you know what? For all the times the Bucks have bullied the Pistons, we'll take him off your hands. 
Detroit. Oh, if you want to give me, give me Cade. That's a negative contract. If you want the Bucks, you know, hey, looking out for you, fellow Midwest team. Send him over. We'll figure out the salary match. Pat's been playing really well, so yeah, something to think about for a pick later. It, easy, yeah, easy. Just something to think about. Something to think about over there, Monty. Yeah, we'll we'll throw you a ball. Yeah. Hold on. I think I've got a special guest coming in. Go talk about uh, talk about the whatever we were talking. About. I don't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about Adrian Griffin and just these sort of sentiments. But here's the thing is that when you are faced with these types of situations, like, again, we've talked at length about how this is going to be a bit of a process for everyone, and it's going to be something where everyone needs to show up. But, yeah, uh, it, it, it'll take some time, but uh, it looks like they're here now. And just, like, who's here now, Ty? Who's here? We got Sophie here. Audio listeners are probably like, what's going on? Sophie, my dog, was uh, causing a ruckus, so I went to go grab her, and now she's chilling. If you if you're listening on audio, make sure you check out YouTube because always this will be the thumbnail. Sophie is the Sophie. Oh, big yawn, huge yawn. She's ready to go back to sleep. All right, Sunday morning for all of us. It is. Okay. But yeah, it was just like yeah, it's it's going to be a process. Yeah. Trust the process and then trust the results. Um. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Um, before, I think we should talk a little bit about Chris and then maybe we can just buzz through some role players, what we've seen over these four games. But first, Rohan, let's talk about our sleeper picks. So as everyone knows, we've been playing daily fantasy sports on sleeper going off of their stat total projections. We've been having a great time. And if you want to join us, you can use that promo code Eurostep, G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, all one word to play Daily Fantasy on the Sleeper app. If you already have it for a fantasy football or basketball league, it's the same app. Just click that cash logo in the bottom middle. And again, they will match your first deposit up to $100. So that's free money on us, on the Eurostep folks here. So make sure to join. No, they don't. No, I I haven't been playing quite well enough. Maybe Rohan, they could take some from his. Although we both had a, a bit of a rough time here over this back-to-back. Um, but we've been having a lot of fun. Uh, Daily Fantasy, you can play in Wisconsin, which is great, which I think is really exciting for both of us. And we've been glad to partner with Sleeper. So, Rohan, uh, take us through your uh, your set of projection picks here. So these projections, these were actually mid-game, which is a good Ooh, feature of Sleeper, yeah. is that you can do these mid-game. It was the middle of the first quarter. I had forgotten to make some picks. Uh and uh, I was like, okay, let's see, let's see what kind of projections I can get here. And it's like Giannis, I, it was uh, it was higher or lower than thirty three and a half points. And I was like, Giannis is uh, kind of balling out right now. Yeah, no one on the maps can really stop him. They don't have the size, they don't have the athleticism. I think, I mean, like they have Grant Williams, who was the best like guy in the Celtics to do it. But even he's figured out that Grant Williams matchup because he always does. He always figures out yeah uh, something. And it, it, it was easy. Giannis had 40 in the game. That's that's clearly higher than 33 and a half. That was a great projection mid-game. Same with Grant Williams. He had like one rebound already in the first quarter. And I was like, the way the way the Mavs were playing, again, they don't have a ton of size. I'd see like this power forward's going to get a lot of rebound opportunities. Uh, the projection was three and a half. He hit that in the first quarter. Crushed that. Yeah. Crushed that. Much higher. Quarter. It was ridiculous. Yeah. The, but where I went wrong was my uh, was the third third part of this. 
Kyrie Irving, very, very quiet in the first quarter. I thought it was going to be an off-shooting night for Kyrie. I took uh, lower than 32.5 combined points, rebounds, assists, and uh, he made me look like an idiot. Ends up with 49, yeah. 49, yeah. 39 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, and it's like, ooh. So I, I tried to go with just like one good play. The, the, the interesting thing is you have to have both teams represented. So we can't just you go have, Bucks. Like, and not just not just bucks. You can do it with any. You can do any games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you have, but you have to have at least two different teams. So I was really excited about my play on the projections on Friday night because I was researching all the possible options, and there's so many. Like you can go through just points. That time I really and it worked out so well. Except the the usually the bucks ones I feel good about. My bucks projections let me down here. So I saw they had. Uh, the higher lower was point zero point five assists on Mark Williams. I looked, and this year he's only had for two assists. games for assists. Yeah, he's only had two games where he did not have a single assist. So I was like, "That's that's great. Let me get that." And he got ended up with two assists. I was like, "Oh, perfect." I had Dame over twenty five point five points, and he did come in higher than that with twenty seven. But this was the the Giannis playmaker game, so I had points and rebounds. The l- number was forty two and a half. Only 24 for Giannis. And I remember I put in our Discord, like, into that fourth quarter. um, All he needs is 20 points in these last five minutes. Light work for Giannis. And I kind of hoped he would. But even the the play-in tournament point differential, not enough to get Giannis to score 20 points in the last five minutes of a game that was definitely over. But that's okay. We have still... uh, Loved playing Sleeper. See their terms and conditions for more. Again... Promo code Eurostep to get a up to $100 match on your first deposit playing Daily Fantasy with Sleeper. As Rohan said, they have mid-game ability, which is great. So we both took L's over these last couple days, but we'll be back. I think we'll be back in the winner's circle soon. My big question yeah, I'm is... Still, I'm still positive. I am too. My big question though is, do I dip back into Packers? Last time I got a Packers win when I made some Packers projections. So maybe before Packers charges here... Uh, and follow, of course, Talk of the Tundra for real analysis of this. Numak and Jordan will be back later today. Uh, but maybe I'll maybe I'll dip the toe back in and see if I can coax some more magic out of Jordan Love. But speaking of guys who play pro sports in Wisconsin, <laughs> Chris Middleton. What are you going to say? Speaking of magic? No, no, no. no. I was like, they didn't play the magic. No, it, well, they did. I don't want to talk about that game. Oh, they did, yeah, recently. But uh, uh, Steve Clifford, by the way, coaches both the Magic and the Hornets. They're one franchise. I, they are. Thank you. They're one franchise. They always have been. He just goes back and forth. It's like some weird form of the Sisyphus. Sisyphus? Oh, my God. My list. That was – I can't say it. Sisyphus? Yeah, there you go. Is that really how you say it? That's a yeah. horrible name. Sorry to anyone who has that name in today's world. Let's talk about Chris Mills. I'm done with this whole thing. Still playing just 19 points per game. Looked like if the game was closer. he minutes. What did I say? 19 points, thank you. 19 minutes per game. Looked like he could have gotten to mid-20s against Charlotte if it was closer, but then does not play against Dallas, as expected. He's not playing back-to-backs right now. Averaging just 11 points per game. Shooting almost 49% from the field, despite shooting just 32.5% from three. So those twos have been crispy. 80% from the line. Nearly four rebounds. 
has a crisp 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, 3.5 assists, 1.7 turnovers. For a while earlier this season, was leading the Bucks in assists despite not playing as much, but that's cooled down with Dame really heating up. Among real rotation players, he has the best plus minus on the team. A lot of this probably because he plays almost all of his minutes with Damon Giannis. Although, in the Charlotte game, they did something fun. Start the fourth quarter with Damon Chris. Then Chris holds it down for a couple minutes. Then Giannis comes back in. Then Dame comes back in. That is going to be, like, the worst part of your vote. I mean, that's the answer. Uh, that's just that's just sick. The fact that they can do that in fourth quarters now. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But that's, like, that's the ideal, right? If you have time where Dame and Giannis aren't on the court. Yeah, Chris is running the show. That's yeah. what you want to see. We just haven't been able to see it so much because of Chris and his minutes restriction. And uh, But it was not, like you mentioned, it was good to see it during that Charlotte game. And he kind of helped shut the door in that Charlotte game. I, I'm just not worried. So after that game again, he said, it's not because of some setback. It's This is just the plan. I'm following the plan. You know, I feel great. He said, the plan's working great. Physically, I feel great. I think Chris definitely wants to play more. I think that's been pretty clear. I think he's tried to, I think he snuck in some games maybe where, you know, he was pushing it on the plan a little bit. I don't have a problem with them being cautious after how bad last year's ramp up went. The fact that Chris feels great is enough for me. If he's able to play more minutes and more consistently, again, I feel like we just say this every pod, but I just want to reiterate it. April, May, June, those are the months we want to see Pete Chris. So if that means we have to suffer without him, and just watch uh, just Dame and Giannis play in these games, I'm willing to suffer through in November. Yeah, it's 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 the easy sacrifice, right? Like, you, yeah. you don't need to see it happen this early. You need to see it coalesce fully when it actually matters. And it's, I think he's I the like easiest guy to insert, too. I'm not as yeah. worried about chemistry with him. No, because he's a guy who's like, yeah, he can be a screener. He can be a ball handler. He'll go back guys up, hit his turnaround fades. He'll spot up, catch and shoot three. He's a he's a very malleable player to fit in because he's just so skilled on the offensive end. I'm not too worried, worried about it. He can do anything. He can really do anything on the offensive yeah. end. It's just going to be a little slower. <laughs> yeah, but um, but effective. His dri- I feel like his drives have been really good this year. Because, yeah, he's taking his time. He's being patient with it. And he's He's got some slow-mo stuff going on. I know. He's exploiting. uh, He he recognizes the the holes he can exploit in those situations and really going going in at those times. And I also just think probably just wasn't driving as much the last year or two, hampered with some of those injuries. I I think he looks pretty good physically on both ends. He's not a stopper on defense. But I haven't been like, oh, he's getting absolutely shredded like I, I felt sometimes last season. No, for sure. For sure. Um, it's it's good to see. It's I think he's going to continue to get better as he gets more minutes. Um, yeah. And who knows? Who knows when that's going to be? But uh, we're, we're trusting. We're trusting Suki and the team. I would love 25 against Boston. I'd love 40. I want a jersey. I don't know. Not really. But... I meant 25 minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He can give you 40 in 25 minutes, though. If he does, man. I just, I don't oh, know. Oh, man. I'll be so excited. That That's going to be a great YouTube. You putting on a Bucks jersey for the first time. Yeah. We'll have to get that on video. That'll have to be a separate video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's bounce around other role players. So we've really only talked about Pat? the big three. Let's talk Pat. Let's talk Pat. The guy, he's back. He's back. He's absolutely back. Uh, I, I got to use the exciting whites thing. Oh, it's always fun. It's so good. And, like, 
he's back. He closed out that game, like you mentioned, against the Dallas Mavericks. Played the entire fourth quarter and like the last couple minutes of the third quarter as well. And you just saw him hit big shot after big shot. And it's like, yeah, this is the guy who's doing that in the finals. Like, we've seen this type of Pat Connaughton before. We talked on the last episode about uh, how, you know, if there's like a fully healthy rotation, like, yeah, Pat could definitely be the one who's excised from the rotation. And that still holds. That's still very much true. Like, if everyone's firing in all cylinders, there's a, there's a realistic scenario where Pat Connaughton is not in the full rotation. Not if he's playing like this, though. Because like you had mentioned earlier, Adrian Griffin is going to be, he's, he's one who's uh, uh, sort of found out how to feed the hot hand and do it efficiently. Pat Connaughton is the hot hand right now. Yeah, I think he tr- I think it's pretty clear he trusts Pat. Um, you know, he was never really totally excised this year from the rotation. And I think Pat has been the one who's probably, I mean, we've gotten to see the young guys more, but maybe the one who has directly benefited the most, at least of, you know, their opportunity and their perception from the boss man injury. So starting with the Indiana game, he played eight minutes in the fourth quarter of that game, seven minutes against Chicago, just one at Toronto, but th- that was maybe more because of garbage time than anything. He also just played the least overall in this game um, with Giannis out, but then six fourth quarter minutes against Charlotte and, of course, all 12 against Dallas. So he has really been someone Griffin has trusted in the crunch time, and he's starting to play really well and justify it. So we knew the shot was not falling most of the time early in the season, but these last two games in particular, when the Bucks just needed some contributions – and especially against Dallas with so many guys out. But against at Charlotte, he had 11 points on four for nine shooting, three for six from deep, also added seven rebounds. And those the last three games up to that point, so Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, the first three of this win streak, he had eight, seven, seven in rebounds, respectively. So again, something that the Bucks needed to be better at. And we all knew. And with Boss Man out and some other good rebounders, Pat's like, I'll rebound. Don't worry about it. He had three assists against Charlotte. Just one turnover. And then against Dallas, 16 points, 6 for 12 from the field, 4 for 9 from deep. Another 5 rebounds, including 2 offensive, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 turnovers. A plus 22. The Bucks were great in his minutes. I, I have thought, honestly, even though I agreed that he was in danger, a lot of the stuff besides the shot offensively looked good. Defense has been a little problematic for Pat. But offensively, I was like, his drives are not that bad. His passing's pretty good. He's still a good rebounder. Just needs the shot to fall. It's really tough if it doesn't. But if it does, that's a real obvious rotation player who can close games. Still could probably be better defensively. But uh, if he's able to knock down the shots, I think it's pretty easy to overlook that. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, if this guy's going to just go scorched earth from three, it's like, yeah, you got you to gotta play him. And he's not like... Like you'd mentioned, he's been not his best in the defensive end, but it's not like he's just—he's not a black hole on defense. No, he—he just—he can funnel too, and that's you know the great thing of having Brooke back there and the ridiculous block streak he's on is you can basically get beat, but still the defense wins the possession if you're able to funnel into the big guy, and the Bucks have done that a lot. They're—they're playing to—he's playing to the team's strengths, like not necessarily like he himself is having the strength, but he's playing to Brooke, like you had mentioned. So that's that's great to call out. But yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's just classic Pat Compton. I don't know what else to say, really, because this is the guy we've, we've known for six years now. Like, he's going to have these runs where he's just yeah. the heck out of the ball. And it's 
Uh, he's also doing most things fundamentally okay, like jack of all trades, uh, master of none. Even though we talked about the that quote last time, I really yeah. got it. But in this situation, I mean, it's like in a in a in a good way, like the actual good version of that quote, where it's like, I, whatever, you know what point I'm trying to make here. It's, sure, it's good. It's good that it's good that Pat can do all of these different things, yeah. even though he's not going to necessarily be perfect at all of them. He can do what he needs. I agree. Uh, Brooke Lopez is blocking just under four shots per game since the Bucks started dropping again. It was over four going into the Mavs game. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time here. He's been awesome. Feels like he's looking to pass more. He's up to one assist per game in the regular season as a whole, which for Brooke, not bad. And I think in the last couple of games, there's been some like, oh, that was a nice pass from Brooke. I feel like I wonder if I, – I think I'm going to stake this out. I think it's been an area of emphasis for the coaching staff with Brooke. And I'm excited to see if that's true or if it's just a couple games where he tried to do it more. But I do think, you know, we've all, for years, he's kind of had the black hole tendency on offense. I feel like the last couple of games have looked a little different. And it's hard because he doesn't get that many touches overall that aren't catch and shoot threes. But I do think he's looked to pass a little. I just want to note that the defense is great. He can still make ridiculous shots. I kind of feel like Chris is watching him drive and learning how to drive at that glacial pace. Their, their drives are both so funny, Brooks especially. Um, but, yeah, Brooke is awesome. He's saving the defense. Love Brooke is my big Brooke takeaway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously love Brooke. But, yeah, it's it's good to see him blocking all this shit. I think uh, Dame was like, uh, I want, he could average six blocks a game or something like that. Uh, six bleeping blocks. Yeah, six bleeping blocks. Uh it's uh, it's it's fun to see. Um, first of all, Dame just hyping everyone up. Like, yeah, his interviews are so good, dude. Yeah, he, he desperately wants to fit in. <laughs> I watch. I watch. I would recommend everyone to go watch them. The Bucks YouTube. They call them post game sounds. Now it's way cooler. But uh, Dame's post game interviews are just. He's he's like he'll share a lot at length and be really insightful. Like the thing he said about Malik Beasley uh, after that game where he gave Be- – that was Toronto, right? And then Bees had another great game against Charlotte where he's like, listen, all that we're asking him to do defensively, we need to make sure we're rewarding him on the offensive end. And that had my antenna up because that's like one of those true point guard things that like true point guards talk about that stuff differently than any other player on the team. My first exposure to that was listening to Mike Conley talk about the internal clock in his head of like, oh – this guy hasn't touched the ball recently enough. He has to get a touch. Not really something we've heard from a lot of Bucks players over the years. There just hasn't been a lot of true point guards on the roster, as we've discussed at length over the years. Uh, Dame is certainly that, and I think Bees has really flourished because of it. Um, and the, but then he'll have like a funny quote, like the Brook one, or you know, I've never been on a good team in my life, or he didn't say that verbatim, but he basically it comes it comes across, yeah. He's like, the only times we've had success is where I've gone thermal. Yeah, he so. did say that, yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of my teammates, you know, those those guys are scrubs, especially yeah. Shaden Sharp. That guy did not know how to play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> those are not, that's not a real quote. That's not a real quote. He's not said Shaden Sharp. I, just want to, I know you're doing a bit. I just want to make sure everyone else knows you're doing a bit. Anthony Simons. Took him a while, you know? Yeah. Also a bit. Also, unfortunately, here. Do you see that video of DeAndre Ayton setting like four, four screens in a play, but none of them? No, I didn't. I um, <laughs> I I don't want to consume that much Blazers basketball. I have a lot of respect for their fans who are tuning in and supporting Dame. That's well, great. We're happy to have you. 
I cannot watch your team, especially with the I mean with all these injuries. I mean, good God. So hopefully they get well soon so they can at least watch Scoot play. I know he didn't start good, but I mean a season like this when you know you're not gonna be good anyway, and then like all the promising young players get hurt, that's just brutal. So Cooper flag incoming. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, what other role players do we have to talk about? We've talked about Malik Beasley. We talked about um, Brooke. We talked about Ajax. Talked I about mean, Pat. I think I don't think we have a ton left. I think just Bobby's been steady. Bob. He's been big. Bob. Big Bob. Uh, and not a good game against Dallas, but he's not great. He's liking this defense. Yeah, I think the highlights that we really need to cover here were Damon Giannis, and I think we've done that. Yeah, campaign. I mean, we just mentioned it, but really can get a shot off. Like some of the step backs and stuff, it's impressive. His form is obviously ugly. I think he's just so little he has to really put his whole body into it. But he makes it an effective clip. I mean, he's been shooting well. I know he's streaky. There's going to be lows. But it's just really nice to have a guy who even sometimes can play like this off the bench. Uh, he is 13 games shooting 51.6% from the field, 52.9% from three. So actually better from three than from two. Uh, 100% from free throw so far, 2.4 assists to 0.8 turnovers, which is a 3-to-1 ratio. You can't ask for much more. Like the shot's going to fall off, but he he's fast. He can shoot. He can create plays. You know, he really tries defensively. Like I, he's just small. Like he's just, you know, light. Like it's, it's tough for him, I think. But he really tries, and uh, Griffin has relied on him in some games. I've really – I just want to say like I'm taking the L. I was not excited about this signing. I think he's been a very good backup point guard. And he maybe is not the exact one you'd want on this team. You'd probably want a Javon Carter. But campaign was there. Campaign signed for Vetmin. He has been much more than a Vetmin player, in my estimation, to this point, even knowing he's going to cool down probably quite a bit for a couple weeks at some point. He's still able to contribute. Been a big fan of his so far. Even if, you know, I think it's also tough, like, you're the guy coming in for Dame. Makes it hard, I think, to really... And endear yourself to a fan base and, unless and, you shoot 52% yeah. from three. And with, with Giannis taking a lot of the ball handling responsibilities with yeah. the name off the court. Yeah. That's also something that should be considered. Oh, so like, that's something I wanted to talk about. And I don't, I, I can do most of it. I don't know if it happened against Dallas at all, but against the Hornets, they were letting Malik Beasley run second units with campaign out there. And it looked good. Like he was turning the corner, he's creating a little bit. And that was something to me, I was like, oh, Again, we don't want there to be a ton of time when it's not Dame and Giannis or Chris on the ball. But it's like, oh, that's – okay, maybe if you want to steal a minute here or there of rest for everyone, which I think is what we've seen happen occasionally. You want to steal two minutes. If I, I don't think just giving campaign the ball the whole time – because although he does have the good assist turnover ratio, he does get shot happy. Can bees handle a little bit more of that? I'll, that's it. I'm just going to file that away. thought that was interesting. I forgot to say it when we talked about him. But now I'm done. I know we've talked a lot on this pod about everything, but I just wanted to note that on the pod because I was like, oh, he's doing some pretty good. He can do a lot of stuff offensively. Yeah. Maybe we were too rash in our Malik Beasley. Uh, No, I still stand by it. Yeah. I think he should come off the bench and do this stuff for sure. But it's like still a good player. A vetman, a very good vetman player. For sure. So it's uh, – like – We'll put a pin in that. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that on our, our next podcast. Uh, see if there's a – we see that more. And uh, like we had mentioned earlier, the the Bucks play the Wizards. Uh, very, very, very important game on Wednesday. 
against the the Boston Celtics in Boston. Even more important on Friday. Yeah, in season tournament game, we should quickly touch on the standings. The Bucks are now two and zero and leading Group B in the East with a plus thirty six point differential. Oh yeah! Uh, after they just dominated, decimated the Hornets. The young, shout out to the young guys for like doubling that point differential in those last couple minutes. Yeah, and Adrian Griffin had to had to tell Steve Clifford like, yeah, we we, we kept their starters in a little longer because <laughs> the point differential. I think it's nice he said it. It was like one minute late. Like it really was not egregious. I didn't think at all. But it wasn't egregious. I think again, Dame like, said a similar thing after the game of like, oh, we had to do it. And I was like, it, you know, the young guys just kind of killed them, and that was what stood out. But it's I guess it's nice they said that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the the unspoken rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's different. It's like don't make your your tiebreaker point differential if you don't want this to happen. You know? I I think a lot of people they should change it. They should change the second one to point differential from head to head. Let's get more teams trying to kill each other like this. I think it's fun. So it is head-to-head first and then point differential. Yes. But here's the thing for the NC. So people are saying, oh, the, it doesn't matter what their point differential is. It's just the Miami game. To a certain extent, yes, they'll need to win that Miami game. However, for to qualify for a wild card or if – so the same night the Bucks play the Wizards, which the Bucks should try and win by a lot. On Friday. Friday. The coming Friday. The I believe the Heat go to the Knicks, and if the Knicks win that game, we could be in a situation where even if Miami beats the Bucks, they could tie in record, and the Bucks already beat the Knicks, so then it would be point differential. So then, if Milwaukee's point differential is huge, they could still win the group. I know I'm way too deep in the standings, and I obviously just hope they win out the group and make it easy, but there is a path there to even winning the group if they lose in Miami, depending on Friday. So... Big, big set of games Friday. I I love the tournament, dude. I can't I wait. I've been exciting. locked in. The games are all really good, except for and like it, Washington it, and Charlotte. Every game without like those the two teams. Care. They definitely they care. care. They definitely care. And it's uh yeah, it's just like if, if the players care, maybe uh, fans overreacted a little bit. I, I nothing is funnier than like a lot of people being like, These guys don't want five hundred thousand dollars. You yeah. idiots. You think these guys want five? You think NBA players want half a million dollars? Why would anyone want that? Guess what? You know what rich people like? More money. There, there you know is not I a like rich person. Money. Yeah. it's Well, it's just like you know, we hear LeBron and Giannis talking about like, yeah, I don't pay for Pandora. You think these guys – and obviously they want it for their teammates more and Dame has some great quotes about this. And think, the coaching staff as well. Uh, yeah. But you think like – LeBron not paying for Pandora isn't like, yeah, I could use 500K. Everyone wants it. That dude's a billion. I, I just, they did the math. It said it's like five grand for normies. I would hoop like crazy. I mean, I'm not good. I would still lose, but I would hoop like crazy. I'd be diving on pavement for loose balls if for five grand, grand was on the line for a basketball game. Yeah. I'm putting everything on the line for five grand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, uh, but yeah, a couple of big Washington games coming up this week and then the big Boston one, which I worry that the takes are going to be thermonuclear no matter what happens. I just hope it's a good game. I hope it's a good game as well. The Boston Celtics are firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Get 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 healthy, Marjan, is what I would say. Get healthy, healthy boss man. Uh, get ready, Chris. Get ready, Chris. Well, boss man won't play in that game. Marjan hopefully will be able to. Uh, and get ready, Chris. And get ready, Ajax, because I think every wing – E player on the Bucks. I'll tell you what, we argued over the TA upstock. If TA gives good minutes against Boston, you can pen it in right now. 
Might get him three if he. Okay, well, let's see. This is the problem with you and TA. TA eight minutes, zero for three, but has five good defensive possessions. Rohan, I think plus thirty. He just changed the season. Three right now. I feel like he should have gotten an upstock for that. I know. I know. We're calling it a point point six. We won't even say half. It's closer to one. It's closer to I. You know what? Next, if it if it becomes a trend, if he plays well in another game, he's getting an upstock. Okay, I agree. You got my formal sign-off here on the pod. It's it's on record now. It is on record. Uh, Should we wrap this up? We should, yeah. Let's uh, say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on BlueWire GSPN. Make sure you use Sleeper Daily Fantasy Picks. Use promo code Eurostep, all one word, G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit playing Daily Fantasy on Sleeper. Like we mentioned, ton of fun. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube. Make sure you are uh, checking out all of our other podcasts as well, Cruising for a Bruising, uh, which had great, great coverage on Pat Murphy being named the new yeah. manager of the Brewers, Craig Council uh, going to the Cubs. That was a fun pod to listen to. There's, I think there's going to be a sad one coming up if it's not already out. I've been out of the loop the last day, but some tough Woody news. Some tough Woody news. Rowdy uh, news. Adam's going to be yeah, about yeah. that. Uh, best wishes to those two going forward. Uh, I thought you meant Adam and Andrew for a second, and I was like, no, that is what I, I mean. "Oh, okay." I was like, "I was like, yeah, Brewers tough to cover." Best wishes to them, man. Hope you guys yeah. can persevere. Uh, and check out Talk of the Tundra. Uh, Jordan Newmock are going to have all things Packers Chargers for you this week. Yeah, um, but yeah, make sure you check out all our pods at gspn.info. Discord entry link is there as well. All of our links are at gspn.info. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice, uh, Pod Random, and we'll talk to you next time.